Okay, so today's daf is Lamed Gimel in Masechet Beza. We are on Lamed Bet, Amud Bet. We are about eight lines from the bottom uh, where there's two dots. It says, mekifin shte chaveyot. Shte, So this is, these are issues that the way that Rashi uh, interprets it, or really the way that it's interpreted by all of Farshim, is these are situations, what the Gemara is going to describe, where a person is doing something that's domele binyan. It looks like he's building. So he puts two barrels next to each other and he puts a pot on top of them. It looks like he's making like a tripod and underneath the barrel now, and underneath the pot, it now is like an oil that he made, a tent over there. And then if, if he puts a fire underneath, um, he, he really intends to cook it, but it looks as if he's making a kind of a structure. That's the problem. And um, so, Amar of Nachman, Avanim shel beta kiseim biyom tov. So even though you're not allowed to do that with barrels, if you're setting up, like the way they would make like a makeshift toilet, they would put like stones, you know, in a tripod formation also, and the person sits on it. You know, they would put two stones lined up and, uh, you know, on to the left and the right, and to make like an open uh, space for the person to use the bathroom. So that's allowed. So how is that different? Then a case where, where you put two barrels next to each other and you put a pot on top of it. It's the same thing. You're putting two, you're setting up the stones and then you're sitting on it and you're making kind of an oil. So that's different because you're making over there, you're making a kind of a, a tent. There's a top. Here there's no top because basically you're making just two sides and the person sits on it. They're not an object. They're a person. That doesn't count. But, uh, but when you put the, uh, when you put the pot on there, it's like you're making an oil. The, the younger Rabba said to Ravashi, uh, So according to that, if I make a, uh, if I make a chair, is it also not considered to be a, uh, a binyan? Rashi says, The person could make a, um, there's no roof of that either, meaning you don't use what's under it. The idea of the roof is that if you make a, let's say, a bench, it's not for what's underneath, it's for what's on top, so it's not really considered a gag. So, oh, according to that, that, uh, that, you know, you didn't, if you don't make a gag, it's okay, so it should be okay to make a chair. He said to him, no, uh, Right, the thing is that over there, when you're talking about actually making a real thing, we don't care whether it has a gag or not. That we're talking about building a piece of furniture. It doesn't matter whether it's, it has a gag or not. There you're making an actual permanent thing. Here we're talking about binyana arai. The rabbis came along and said, look, if you make an actual structure, obviously, whether the structure is used for what's on top, whether it's intended for, to support something above it, or it's intended to, to uh, be a, a cover over what's below, it doesn't matter. It's a structure as a structure. But if you're talking about binyana arai, so the rabbis prohibited things that look like an oil. They look like a structure. And in the case of, uh, in the case of putting a pot on top of two barrels, it looks like you're making kind of a structure, so you shouldn't do it. But when it comes to the bathroom, but the rabbis are not going to make such a when it comes to a person, uh, you know, using the toilet. They're not going to make a, a, a like that. So it's true that, um, you know, it does seem like the same kind of a format because you have two sides and you put something on top. But when it comes to using the bathroom, the rabbi is not going to make that gzerah. In the other cases, it's binyan arai. So they made a very specific format to their gzerah, which was that it had to have a top over it, 
um, the, the way that's described. And in other cases, and there's an argument, really, there's a difference uh, in interpretation, in the lines of interpretation between Rashi and Tosafot, because Rashi seems to think that the gag is the main thing, and Tosafot seems to think that the walls are the, same, are the main thing, because he talks about cases where you have just a top, but no real walls coming down. He says that also wouldn't qualify as a type of a structure for Binyan Arai. So just having something uh, held up by poles that doesn't have any walls coming down, he, see, he seems to say that that would not count as a... Uh, for example, he talks about um, uh, if you have a shulchan she'en lo raglaim, al gabe safsalim shelo. In other words, let's say you have a... You have, let's say, legs, I guess he's talking about, and you put over it a uh, tabletop. He says that's not a problem because it doesn't have walls that go all the way down. To the floor. He says that's really necessary to qualify for this Binyan Arai thing as well. Um, another case, Amarav Yehuda, Hai Madurta, Milemala Lemata Shoreli, Milemata Lemala Asur. If a person sets up a bonfire, basically the Madura, Madura was made usually that would build the structure upwards from the ground up. And, and it seems like, you know, you set up, you set up a, almost like uh, walls and then you put on top of it stuff. So it looks like you're building like a little mini building. Uh, for to, to light the fire. So you shouldn't do that. You should do first the top. Now, how would you do first the top? Obviously, you can't suspend things in midair, but it means like you put a couple of sticks, I guess, to suspend the roof, and then you build, you know, then you do the sides. And the opposite of what you're supposed to do with the sukkah, basically, where you're supposed to do the walls first because of tasevelom and asoy, the whole thing. The opposite you should do for this, to make a shinui, basically. So the same thing is true about uh, eggs, that if you have, no, he's talking about something that they would have this open kind of a clea and they would put eggs and the eggs would form a, ty- a type of, a, the way that Rashi explains it, almost a type of a roof over the um, open space of this clea. You shouldn't do it that way. Um, he says, You shouldn't first put down this uh, kli and then put the eggs because it's almost like he's building a roof over the kli. Rather, what he should do is he should first put the eggs on the kli and then put the kli down on the, uh, uh, so, that the, so that the walls, so to speak, are created after the roof is created. Tosafot has a different interpretation of the case altogether because um, he says that the, what Rashi is talking about, there are no walls. There's just eggs and there's no structure uh, of the type that, uh, that according to Tosafot you need. So he has a different, um, a different idea of uh, what the ca- how he envisions the case that we're talking about bi- basically also building a structure of the eggs where you have walls and then you have a top. So, that, and so it's saying the same thing, that you shouldn't make that kind of a form uh, because that kind of a form is too similar to a uh, to a building. The same is true with Puriya, with a bed that uh, when they put it together, you shouldn't put it together in such a way that you put the legs and then you put the top on it because that's again like making a structure and the same would be true with a, uh, with a well we already said about the pot basically, when you put it on top of the two, uh, uh, on top of the two barrels, so too with the bed and so too if you make, um, if you make stacks of barrels the way that they used to do stacks of barrels, I mean maybe they still do, uh, that they would have two next to each other and then in the middle they put one so it's the same problem whenever you make basically a structure that appears like two walls and a roof it's a um, it's always going to be a problem either but none of looking like uh, building an oil and uh, it's interesting because Rashi said there's another big uh, debate between Rashi and Tosafot here all these halachot basically Rashi says we don't hold by any of these halachot in the end 
All of these halachot, he says, this entire Gemara is really not according to the halacha, because this is all according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that davar she'enomit kavin is a sore. And, and we all like that davar she'enomit kavin is mutar, so therefore it's allowed. And Tosafot says, what are you talking about? Even Rabbi Shimon doesn't say davar she'enomit kavin when you know what you're doing, even, you know, meaning that you're doing it on purpose. It's, you know, and it looks like binyan. It doesn't matter that you intended for the appearance of binyan or not. That's not what davar she'enomit kavin means. Davar she'enomit kavin doesn't mean that you didn't, fully understand the implications of what you were doing, it means that you did it, whether you did it on purpose or not. So, um, so he therefore, uh, Tosafot says, no, we do hold by these halachot, and it would be uh, prohibited according to everyone. And we're going to see this come back with all of the halachot pretty much in this Amud. Uh, Rashi and Tosafot uh, debate the same. And then it says, uh, You can't use a, it said in the Mishnah about supporting a pot, and it said, uh, you can't support a pot with a door. What does it mean to support a pot with a door? I have no idea. So it says, what do you mean? It doesn't mean that you, do, you can't support a pot with a, uh, uh, with a uh, door. What it means to say is that you can't support a door using a piece of wood because a piece of wood is only allowed to be used for the sake of hasaka, for the sake of burning, not for the sake of supporting a door. Not that the door is going to be used to support a pot because it would break or wouldn't work, it would spill. I don't know. It wouldn't work. But it means that you can't support, you can't use pieces of wood for any purpose other than the one they're designated for. And again, Rashi will tell you that's only according to uh, the opinion that says that we're strict about Muktzeh, but we're not. We hold like Rabbi Shimon, so that's not going to be an issue either, according to uh, according to Rashi. V'chein manigin et ha'bema b'makil biyom tov. En manigin, rather. En manigin et Oh, I skipped, right? That's what we said before. That, um, that you're only allowed to use pieces of wood for burning. You're not allowed to use them for supporting stuff. Rabbi Shimon doesn't have the rule of muktzeh like that, so he's going to say it's allowed. We know that Rabbi Shimon is always lenient. So then it said, So the, can you lead an animal using a stick? Uh, the Tanakhama says no. Rabbi Shimon says yes. Rabbi Shimon Now the the assumption is, what's the problem with leading an animal with a stick? The problem is that it, that you're using a stick for something other than burning, and you're only allowed to touch sticks for the sake of hasaka, for the sake of cooking, right, or burning for fire. Not for anything else. So the Tanakhama is saying you can't do it. Rabbi, Sh- Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon is lenient about Muktzeh just like his father. That's what the Gemara is going to say. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Right, he could say that uh, he, he holds like his father, that he doesn't hold like Muktzeh. So he says, well, who says you can't use a stick for whatever you want? You can use it for whatever you want. Right, so it says, Lo, beha, filo Rabbi Shimon, modem, mishum that no, Rabbi Shimon even would agree that it looks like you're leading the animal to the marketplace. That's the reason why um, you're not allowed to use a stick to lead the animal. Rabbi Elizabeth, Rabbi Shimon is lenient here as well. Uh, but not because of his father's position about muktzeh. It's not an issue of muktzeh. Really, the issue here is whether the person appears as if he's taking the animal out for sale. And so then even Rabbi Shimon could agree with that. So why Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon doesn't make a gzirah here is not clear. He doesn't say why he doesn't make the gzirah. But the fact is that uh, the issue is not necessarily one of muktzeh. It could be one of marit ayin, that it looks like the person's going to the market. And in fact, there's a very famous... Uh, there's a very, very famous machloket achronim. If there's marit ayin by isurim derabanan and the shach and the, uh, the, 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 the there's a very famous uh, 
uh, discussion and the achronim that bring a proof from here, they say, look, here we're talking about bringing an animal to market, which selling animals only in Yisrael to Rabbanan, and yet you see that there's an issue of marit ayin, so obviously yeah, there's marit ayin even when we're dealing with uh, Yisroim de Rabbanan, um, and they bring it from this. Now, the, and again, over here, uh, Rashi is going to say that this halacha also, um, he, he, later on, he's going to say that uh, even this halacha, we, we don't necessarily, yeah, it's not necessarily, well, no, because it's Tanakhama, I think this halacha is the one that he does say, he does, he does accept. But the upcoming halachot, not. So he says, um, it says, Chizra. So, um, the, uh, if you have a, uh, uh, a sharp stick, Rashi says, it's as sharp as a, as a thorn. You can use it like a type of a, uh, a skewer for, to, to cook your food. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says you cannot use it because it's mukteh, because you're only, because you didn't make it into a kli before. You take a stick and use it for that. It wasn't designated for that. And Rav Sheshet Sharei, so Rav Sheshet says it's okay. If it's a wet stick, so it's very, it's very good argument. In other words, the one says, look, all wood is muktzeh unless it's being used for burning, for it's being used as firewood. And wet sticks don't burn well, so therefore you cannot call that firewood, so you cannot use it for anything. If you have a stick that's dry, in other words, when it comes to a wet stick, you'll say the wet stick, you can't use it for, uh, you can't use it for firewood, so it's muktzeh altogether. The one that's dry enough to use for firewood, there you have a machloket. One says, look, even though it's dry enough to use for firewood, it was only allowed to burn the stick itself. But the other one says, what difference does it make if I burn the stick and use the fire to cook my meat? Or if I put the stick through the meat and I'm using it? In both cases, I'm using it for the same process. What difference does it make which part of the process I'm utilizing it for? Right? Some say, no. Everyone actually agrees when it's dry that it's okay to use it. Because whether you use it as a skewer in the cooking process or you use it as firewood, doesn't matter. The machlok is actually about the, 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 uh, the soft one. The uh, moist one, because the one that says you can't use it says well because you can't use it for firewood so it's muktzeh and uh, and and the one that uman uh, malach the one that that says it's permitted will say to you if you have a really big fire it'll consume even a very wet stick it doesn't matter so uh, so so still in hypothetically at least it's burnable right it's combustible so the halacha is the dry one is um, a permitted, the wet one is prohibited because since it would not be able to be used um, for uh, firewood, it can't be used for anything else either. Now you see that Rashi here says on This halacha is only according to the one that says that there's muktzeh, which is Rabbi Yehuda. We hold like Rabbi Shimon. In all of these halachot, we hold this is an important Rashi because he's giving you psak halacha here. He says, we hold like Rabbi Shimon. And therefore, 
And, and we also hold like Rabbi Yehuda ochel nefesh. We also hold like Rabbi Yehuda that you're allowed to do things that are preparatory to ochel nefesh if they're things that you weren't allowed to, that you weren't able to do before Yom Tov. Ve'kulu sharu. Therefore, all these things are going to be permitted. Ben chizra. Whether it's using the skewer, the stick as a skewer. Ben smichat kederot. Whether it's putting pots onto, um, onto something that looks like a tripod because you're using the two uh, barrels. It's, it's going to be okay. Va'kafat chaviot. Umdurta. Uktera. All of these different setups where it looks like you're making a structure because you're putting walls down, you're putting a roof on top. All of these are going to be permitted. These were all students of Rav and we know that Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda and Muktzeh and also in uh, other things. And therefore, um, we don't hold like any of this, says Rashi. All of this Gemara was just for your entertainment. Um, and really, it's not Halakha Lemaseh. Tosafot says, no, totally not true. He says that, uh, he quotes the Rashi here and he says, but how could it be that... Uh, uh, that uh, Rabbi Shimon is like that. This 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 entire sugya is just ignoring uh, Rabbi Shimon's position, and he says no. Even Rabbi Shimon would say that um, that uh, that wood that is not capable of being used for firewood. Um, even though he would not restrict your use of the wood once it was capable of being firewood, even he would hold that uh, wood that is not capable of being used for firewood at all and is not a useful thing, like etzim avanim, like stones and wood that are just uh, um, not kelim at all, would not be able to be handled on Yom Tov. He wouldn't restrict your handling of it to a specific activity, but he would uh, definitely hold that it was muktzeh, according to Tosfot, and therefore, uh, as similarly... Uh, um, we're going to see in the uh, the next piece. Darash Rava. Rava says that uh, it's taught the following: A woman cannot go into the wood, uh, you know, basically uh, storage, the shed, to take an to take a piece of stick that she's going to like tend to the fire, like move the firewood around and all that. She can't go do that. And if the wood itself breaks, you can't use it as firewood on Yom Tov. Like we said before, now that's definitely according to Rabbi Yehuda, that if something breaks on Yom Tov, you can no longer use it even for another, even as firewood because now it became Muktzeh because the Kli broke. But you also can't go take wood that wasn't designated as a Kli before and go and make it into a Kli on Yom Tov, that now it's going to be the thing that you use for manipulating the wood. It's going to be your stick for manipulating the wood. This is this shows you that obviously Rava must be holding like Rabbi Yehuda because he says that a broken kli you're not allowed to fl- throw it into the fire. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda for sure. It says, "Didn't Rava say to his servant, roast me up a goose?" And then throw the innards to the cat. Okay? He says, no, actually he does hold like... So the thing is that according to Rava, if, if you hold like Rabbi Yehuda, you would hold that the goose's uh, uh, inner organs are muktzeh actually. Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, something that was muchan le'adam cannot now be given to klavim. Right, that's the position of Rabbi Yehuda. So Rashi says, "Velo Rabbi Yehuda sold the taltelo l'tito lechatul de meedmol muchan leadam haya velo leklavim." Since yesterday, the goose was good for human consumption. Right, you can't now downgrade it to animal consumption on the Yom Tov. It's changing it, and so therefore you wouldn't be able to uh, 
uh, to give it to the uh, to the cat on Yom Tov if he held like Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara says no that Kevan de Masrachet Medmoldat since he knows that if he leaves around those inner organs they're going to go bad within a day. He knew from yesterday he was going to give them to the cat. He knew from yesterday he wasn't going to use them. So really he is holding like Rabbi Yehuda that the calculation has to be made ahead of time. That he has to know ahead of time what's going to be a kli, what's going to be ochil, what's he going to eat, what he's not going to eat. He has to know all that ahead of time uh, according to Rava. And because he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. And again, here um, Rashi is going to say, you know, that this is only following Rabbi Yehuda, but we don't follow Rabbi Yehuda, we follow Rabbi Shimon. The interesting thing is, we actually, according to Shuchan Aruch, uh, hold like what it says on the very first daf of this Masechet, which is that on Yom Tov, we follow Rabbi Yehuda, and on Shabbat, we follow Rabbi Shimon. We hold like what the Rambam and the Rift says, how the uh, Shuchan Aruch, how the Maran, uh, rules in Shuchan Aruch. So actually, technically, it isn't true that we don't follow Rabbi Shimon on Yom Tov because we follow what Rav Nachman's solution to the problem was on the very first daf of this uh, Masechet, which is that we follow Rabbi Shimon for Shabbat and Rabbi Yehuda for Yom Tov because Shabbat is more stringent already. We don't need the extra safeguard and Yom Tov is, uh, people take it lightly, so we need the extra safeguard. So these halachot of Rabbi Yehuda would be relevant uh, even to us uh, not like what Rashi says, because Rashi is a straight Rabbi Shimon guy, just like uh, just like the Rama. Basically, the Rama also says that uh, we don't hold we hold like Rabbi Shimon across the board, even for Shabbat and for Yom Tov. In any case, the Mishnah says Rabbi Eliezer If you want to use as a toothpick, you have a stick in front of you, use as a toothpick, no problem. As long as it's in front of you, meaning it was something prepared for your use. And you can also go into the backyard and collect twigs and light them up as a fire. Um, because, because whatever is in the backyard is muhan is prepared and ready for you to use. And, um, and therefore you're allowed to go and collect them for firewood, right? So he says, uh, in the the so there are two alachot here that are being discussed. Rashi says one is can you use wood for something other than firewood? According, we saw that 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 itself is a discussion. He's saying yes, you can because you can use it for a toothpick. And then the other question was: Are the things that are uh, is the, are you allowed to go into the backyard? Is what's in the backyard considered to be something uh, that you can collect for the? Uh, uh, or is it Muktzeh because it was scattered around the backyard? And he's saying it's okay to go and gather it for the, uh, uh, you know, for the sake of the um, uh, 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 firewood. And really, it doesn't have to be that the toothpick was in front of you. In other words, that's superfluous. He's just trying to say that you can take a stick to use as a toothpick and you can also go collect stuff from the yard. It's all okay. Um, he has no problem with either one. Chachamim say no. Chachamim madik. The person, can, there's two restrictions. According to the way Rashi's learning it, it's two restrictions. Number one, he can only take what's in front of him, meaning he can't go collect twigs that are dispersed in the backyard because they were not designated for use from before Yom Tov because nobody would leave like random twigs all over the place if he really thought he was going to use it on Yom Tov because it's such a big effort to, to collect them. And you can't use it as a, as a toothpick. You can only use it as a, uh, as firewood. That's the, um, because you're only allowed to use wood as firewood in general. That's the way that Rashi says that the Chachamim are holding. Tosfot says, no, it's not about that. Really, wood could be used for other things. But using it as a toothpick, you can't because you might come to break it, you know, into the right size as a toothpick. And that would be a different issue that the Chachamim were worried about. Be that as it may. Then it says, Very famous halacha, you cannot generate fire. Lechatchila on Yom Tov. 
not from rubbing two sticks together like they used to do in uh, Boy Scouts or in the movies, and not from rocks that you rub together that create a spark, and not from certain kinds of dirt that they would have, certain dirt. Rashi says that they had it in his time that they could generate fire from certain dirt. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but it sounds like it was a real thing. And uh, not from tiles, he says. Um, and it says on the, uh, the Bach says, um, he takes out that word Ra'afim because it's really from later in the Mishnah because it doesn't have anything to do with this. It should just say Velominamayim that apparently they could put water in a certain glass and it would reflect the sunlight in such a way that would make the glass produce a flame. Rashi mentions it also. The point is that you can't generate flame from, uh, other than from a pre-existing flame on Yom Tov. We know this halacha, we know this concept. Um, and, uh, and then it says, which is a different halacha that you cannot heat up tiles to use them to roast on them. But the Gemara will talk about what the issue is there, but that's, you could see that there was a mistake there. Afim was inserted into the Mishnah earlier. It didn't belong there. There are three basic halachot here. One is about the use of the wood. One is about the creation of fire. And the third one is about the tiles. said, Food for an animal, like straw and so on. There's no concern about tikkun kli. There's no concern about fixing it. Meaning you could break it up as much as you want. <coughs> And in other words, if you want to make it more digestible for the animal, you can break it up. And he says, Even if you want to use the straw of the animal's food and break it and use it to uh, clean your teeth, it's okay because it's not considered a clay. And it says you can take fragrant sticks, fragrant sticks to smell them. Or to like uh, create a good smell for a sick person like they do, like uh, smelling, you know, when people faint, they give them the stuff to wake them up, the smelling salts. Yeah. And also, umolelo, you can also rub it between your fingers to generate, well, to get more uh, smell to come. But you shouldn't break it. Like, you know, you can take a cinnamon stick when you break it, it gives more smell. Um, but if you break it, it's it's not considered like you really made a cleat because that's not really the intent over there. The intent is just to make the smell come and the smell was already there. You didn't really create anything new. But since the way that Rashi says, he says, you shouldn't do it. Because if you broke it to break it to size, to be a good toothpick, that would be considered tikkun kli. But to break it to make the smell is is only patur of alasur. You're not supposed to do it, but it's not really nisur deoraita. But lachatot voshinav lo yikdem enovim ktomo chayav chatat. If you break it to clean your teeth, chayav chatat, meaning it's nisur deoraita. So how could you say that you could take the food of the animal and break the straw of the animal into a toothpick? When we're saying here it's nisur deoraita. So Amarle, and this is how Rashi reads the Gemara. Rabbi Nutam has a totally different girsa here. We're going to stick with Rashi because that's what's written in the Gemara in front of us. Amarle said to him, It was already bad enough that you brought up the case of Batur Valasur against me. In other words, this is really Rabbi Uday answering. He's saying, you gave me a very hard challenge. Rashi says, This is a tough question. You already brought Batur Valasur, right? And I said it was Mutar. Right, chayav chatat mibaya. You have to go so far to bring even chayav chatat. In other words, he's saying, I said it was allowed to do it lechatchila. Now you brought me not only that it's asur midorabanan, but it's asur midoraita. How could it be that I'm, you know, ela kitanya ibekashin? That's talking about kashin. That's talking about hard stick, fragrant sticks, where you really it's it has a substance to it. It's not soft. Okay. That's the reason, because it's not animal food. That was the whole point. The ones that are oi for animal food are soft. 
That's why breaking them, you're not really doing anything. But the hard ones, they are, uh, it, it is a melacha. So with this, the hard ones, you're going to rub them between your, uh, uh, between your fingers, right? Uh, but it said that you're, uh, that you're, that you can rub them between your fingers. So it says, no. In other words, you can, you can roll them between your fingers and smell them. And you can even break it and smell it. In other words, the point is that the, the beginning of the Brita must be talking about the soft ones because it's talking about rolling it between your fingers to get a smell out of it, right? So that's not going to work with a hard stick. It doesn't do anything, right? So it says, it's talking about a soft one. It says you can even roll it between your fingers and you can even break it to smell it. That's only with the soft ones. But if it's hard, you can't break it. It's going to be an isur to Rabbanan, basically, if it's a hard stick. But In other words, over there, he's saying he's reading into the Brayta both cases. He's saying really the first part of the Brayta was still talking about the soft ones, talking about rolling it between your fingers to get the smell. It's talking about leaves, basically. It's not going to work with a hard stick. And you can even break it to get the smell there because it's soft. But if it's hard... Since there's a possibility that you'll come to make a kli out of it, you should. It's asumi banan to break it. If you did, it's a, it's only nisur banan. If you broke it to make a toothpick, it's going to be nisur dorabanan. That's how we understand it, right? Chayav chata tane chada kotmo meuyachbo v'tanye tanya idach lo yikdim meuyachbo. One brighter said you can break the stick to smell it. One said you can't. Same answer. One is talking about soft ones, talking about hard. The soft ones you're allowed to break them. It's not really considered, there's no concern about making a kli. It's too soft. Uh, the hard ones, you're not allowed to break them. What's the reason, problem with breaking the hard sticks? We, we learned that a, you can break open a container, like a barrel. You can break it open to eat what's inside, as long as you don't intend to make a cleat. In other words, you're not trying to make an opening in the cleat. If you cut it open, that now it has a dispenser space, or you make a top of for it, or you make an opening that people can get in and out, so it takes stuff in and out, so you're improving the cleat. Shouldn't do that. You're not allowed to do that. That's creating a cleat, but just to ch- cut the, uh, you know, slice into like the way that you do with a, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, the uh, you know just to break it open to get whatever's inside the package and the package is discarded it's it's the garbage so that's allowed. That was the word you're thinking of? Yeah, the pinata. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, where you just beat it until the candy comes out. Exactly, that's what I was trying to think of. I haven't been in New York for now too long. I forgot all of my uh, my Spanish references. Um, but yeah, exactly. I was thinking of pinata. So. Uh, you when you break when you break something to take something out, so you're not making a cle, it's okay. Right? You're not gonna salvage the uh you're not gonna salvage it. Um the uh so the, so you see here, so when you break the stick, obviously you're not making a cle really, you're just trying to get the smell. So why would it be any different? Why are you telling me I'm not allowed to break it to smell it? There's no Isurjura banan even over there. Because there's no intent to make the cle. Right. In other words, you see that with the stick, you're saying don't break it to smell it because you might break it to make a kli. But you see that you don't say that by a chavit uh, when you break open the the barrel. We don't say don't break it to take out the food because maybe you'll break it to make an opening. We never say that, right? So why are you saying it by the stick? So he says, and not only that, the od 
הרבה בר עבדה ורבין בר עבדה דמרי תרוויו כי אבינן בר רב יהודה רבה בר עבדה ורבין בר עבדה בו צל ומגורין נהרס ברב יהודה הווה מפשך ויעיב לן עלותה עלותה which means to say that he would give them uh, these sticks he would break he would have like a big branch and he would break off um, uh, these uh, you know branches from a main branch obviously not attached to the tree on, on, on Yom Tov but it was detached But he would break off the branches, and they were hard branches, and would smell them. Right? He would give it to him. Even you, though you could have used those branches, they were so thick, you could have actually used them as a handle for a clay. You could have used it for a handle for an axe. They were thick. He would give us these things to smell. So it must be that there's actually a machloket here. One is Rabbi Eliezer, one is the rabbis. In other words, there must be a machloket whether it's prohibited me to Rabbanan to do this. Because, where do we get that from? Because Rabbi Eliezer, the Tani, we learned in the Bible, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, you can take a stick and use it as a toothpick. The Chachamim say, no, only what's in the trough of an animal. Now, if it's in the trough of an animal, I'm not so sure you're going to want to use it as a toothpick, maybe for aesthetic reasons. But the idea is that since it's soft, it's soft, edible for an animal, you could use it. And everyone agrees, you shouldn't break it. If you broke it in order to open a door or to clean your teeth, if you did it on Shabbat, Chayav Chatat, and B'mezid on Yom Tov, you would get Malkot, Tiver Rabbi Eliezer. In other words, even though Rabbi Eliezer is more lenient about the Muktzah aspect, and he allows you to take the stick, and he allows you to use it, if you break it, he's more Machmir. The rabbis say, v'chachamim omrim, that no, echad zeh v'chad zeh enu elu mishum shivut. Even if you break it for the purpose of opening a door or for the purpose of cleaning your teeth, it's only a isur to rabbanan. Right? So Rabbi Eliezer, dekamar atam chayav chatat achapatur aval asur. Over there, when Rabbi Eliezer says, if you break it in order to break, in order to clean your teeth, well, if you break it in order to smell it, so it's not really making a clean, he's going to say it's asur mi rabbanan. Rabbanan de kamrayatam padur aval asur, hacha mutal chachila. In other words, they're going to say like this. So it's very ironic, because the chachamim, when it comes to which kind of toothpick you're allowed to use, are much more strict. But once you have it, they say, if you broke it in order to, in order to uh, clean your teeth, it's only in the sword of Rabbanan. So therefore, if you broke it in order to smell it, it would be okay. Rabbi Eliezer would say, no, if you actually break it, I'm letting you do it. I'm letting you use it. But if you actually break it, it's the sword of Raita. So therefore, it's going to be in the sword of Rabbanan to break it for the smell. Right? Doesn't Rabbi Eliezer have what we just mentioned before? We, we, we learned before, it's a Mishnah, that you're allowed to break open the barrel to take the food out as long as you don't intend to improve the barrel, right? To make it a, a better barrel. He'll say that that Brayta is talking about a Mustaki. A Mustaki is basically a broken barrel. It's like a refurbished. Do you know how you get those refurbished? Uh, you can go to the store, they give you the refurbished. It's a refurbished barrel. Since it's refurbished, Rashi says, since it's refurbished, the reason why it's not an issue is because um, you're not going to, uh, it's like a shaky kind of a cleat because it's already in, a, in bad shape. So you're, gonna, you're only going to open it the minimum amount, right? You're not, because you know that it could fall apart if you, uh, if you make a big opening or anything like that. So you're going to open the minimum amount. So therefore, we don't have to worry, according to Rabbi Eliezer, that you're going to go too far. 
So he'll say that the only time you're allowed to break open that barrel is if it's a shaky barrel that we know you're going to be very delicate and make a tiny hole, right? Like the uh, laser surgery, you know, they make a tiniest opening. Uh, according to, uh, Tosafot brings another uh, answer that no, the reason is that since it's uh, refurbished and it's put together by glue, it's not even considered a clee. So even if you cut it open and you made a hole, it, what, what, you made a hole in something that's, you know, uh, destined to fall apart any second, it doesn't really count. The point is that Rabbi Eliezer will restrict that Mishnah to a very particular case of a wobbly, defunct, you know, formerly, you know, reassembled, uh, reassembled barrel. The Chachamim didn't say that. Um, and so that's going to be the bottom line. Uh, carry, gathering up all of the wood from the yard. According to the Braita, you can gather all the wood and all the twigs in the backyard to, to light them up as a fire, as long as you don't make piles. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon Matir, Rabbi Shimon allows it. And according to the Tanakhama, if you start making piles, it looks like you're gathering the sticks for future use, not for Yom Tov. It looks bad. Rabbi Shimon says, no, everyone can see you're going to make your, your uh, food. They see that you're gathering in order to cook. It's not a problem to gather up the sticks, put them in piles. In Motzin at the Or, we say, you can't bring the fire out of all these different sources. Because it's creating something new on the Yom Tov. That's the reason why you're not allowed to create the fire. That's an interesting, actually, by the way, that those few words... Um, the Rambam and the Ravad, they have an argument about what's the reason why you can't be molid esh on Yom Tov. The Rambam says, oh, because it was efshala sotom mi be'od yom. Since according to the Rambam, anything that you're allowed to do mi be'od yom, you were able to do it prior to Yom Tov, you shouldn't do it on Yom Tov. So since lighting the original flame, you could have done before. So you should have done it before. Um, and, and that's how he, that, that's what he, why he holds that it's prohibited to create new fire. The Ravad says, no, look at what the Gemara says. Gemara says that because it's molid, you're not allowed to create something new on the Yom Tov because you're creating something new. That's an Yisrod Rabbanan of creating something new. And that's the problem of uh, creating the new fire. That's why you need the pre-existing flame, according to the Ravat. So basically what we see here is uh, with regard to uh, these different laws of Muktzeh and different laws of the use of wood on Yom Tov and uh, the use of toothpicks, breaking toothpicks, making a kli, um, all of these halachot are uh, maybe not as practical as they were in those days because we don't usually take makeshift things and use them as a as toothpicks anymore. Usually we have like toothpicks that are pre-made for that kind of thing. But they were a lot of times repurposing uh, random items, as you can see from the Gemara a lot of times. And so therefore, Muktzeh was much more of, of a concern because uh, what's really considered to be uh, the designated purpose of an item. Whereas nowadays, where we live in a culture where most things are designed for whatever they're used for. I mean, there's very little repurposing. Sometimes you have to grab something and use it in an unconventional way, but it's a rarity. It seems like it was much more common back then to be creative in that. Now, there's an interesting Tosafot here just to mention since we're, it's in order to have, uh, uh, you know, a complete uh, shiur that he talks about uh, Shabbat, that Motzei Shabbat falls on a Yom Tov that he mentions there, since in the end it sounds like, according to the Chachamim, you are allowed to break Bissamim and to smell it on Yom Tov, and there's no problem with using uh, Bissamim on the Yom Tov. So why don't we have, on Motzei Shabbat that falls on Yom Tov, why don't we have Bissamim? So apparently the Hava Amina of the Tosafot, the original thought was, oh, because it's a problem of uh, using Bissamim, because you might break it, 
and you might smell, you know, you might break it and it's an Yisur Darabanan, but now that we ruled that out and we showed that that's not an issue, what's the reason? So he says, well, one reason that's given is that, oh, um, that, uh, that Yom Tov, that usually on Motzei Shabbat, Gehinam gets fired up again. You know, all the people that had a reprieve from the Gehinam of, uh, of Shabbat. And on Yom Tov, they still have a reprieve. It's not as bad. So we don't have to, we don't need the Bissamim. But he, he, he says that that's, uh, he, he says that uh, if that's true, then on Motzei Yom Tov we should have the Bissamim because that's when the fires of the Gainam go back on also. So we should have it then. So then he says, oh, maybe it's because of Nishama Yitera because we lose the extra soul of Shabbat. Right? So he says, uh, and the ex- so then why don't we have Bissamim on Yom Tov? Because he, on, on a regular weekday after Shabbat we need something to console ourselves for the lost Nishama Yitera. When we go into Yom Tov, we have the festive meal and all the joy of Yom Tov. It gives us enough, enough of a consolation. Smelling a little bit of rose water or cinnamon is not going to be necessary when you have a beautiful Yom Tov meal that you're going into from the Shabbat. So that's, a, that's the reason he gives. And then he mentions there that why then is there Yom Tov? After Yom Tov, we don't have, uh, uh, we don't have the uh, Bissamim. He goes back and forth on whether there's Nishama Yitran Yom Tov or not. And he basically concludes that obviously there must not be because that's why we don't have Bissamim. At the end of the Yom Tov. So it's, it's, it's an interesting Tosafot dealing with something that we take for granted nowadays that we don't have Bissamim at the end of Yom Tov and we do at the end of Shabbat. But, and we don't when Shabbat goes into Yom Tov. But he's trying to explain the logic of it. And it's a very common question. And I, you know, there's certain questions that people ask every single time. And you think that you know, after 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they, they would remember. You know, there's no Bissamim after Yom Tov. There's no Ner after Yom Tov. And the reason for those different things. But uh, we take it for granted. It's a habituated uh, practice, but you know, everything has the logic behind it. Okay, Bezat Hashem, we'll pick up from here tomorrow with Lamedalit.